Carrie, I know you're excited, girl. I'm super excited about doing this series on black businesses breaking barriers. What an incredible opportunity you and I have on Hard Candy and Fruit Snacks to shine a light on black businesses that are doing big things. And we're starting it off with an amazing woman, Melissa Michener, who has an incredible grooming store called The Bark Shop in Harlem. We're going to link to it. You can buy products there. She has an amazing story. Gloria and I were blown away. Yes, and remember, when you listen to it, after you listen to it, it doesn't matter where you live. Yes, the shop is in Harlem, but wherever you're at in the country, you can go online and she can ship whatever you need for your grooming needs. Check it out. Welcome to Hard Candy and Fruit Snacks. I'm Gloria Harrison, a TV producer living in New York. And I'm Carrie Clifford, an actor and writer living in Los Angeles. We first met in elementary school outside Boston. When I was part of a program that bused kids from the inner city to school in the suburbs. We're going to talk about privilege and disadvantage. And about what it's like to move from one world to another without really feeling at home in either. In this podcast, we're having conversations about race. And the awkwardness that comes with learning about people from another culture. It is an honor to welcome Melissa Michner, the owner and CEO of The Bark Shop, located in Harlem, New York. Welcome to Hard Candy and Fruit Snacks. How are you? (laughs) Great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yes, we're so glad to have you in the Hard Candy and Fruit Snacks house. You know, it's an honor to start this series, uh, Black Business Owners Breaking Barriers, right? And so we were so excited. I have had the privilege of actually, Carrie, going to her shop in Harlem, bringing my little Ziggy. Um, to the Bark Shop and having an incredible experience. And so Carrie and I want to take this time and talk to you about your journey, how you got here and how you do yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. It's going to be fun. <laughs> yes. Were you, did you always want to be an entrepreneur or kind of like what was your professional trajectory? So I would definitely say I stumbled into entrepreneurship and the pet care industry. I actually wanted to be a high school principal Wow. Um, I had one job. I worked for Best Buy for 10 years and I took the severance package when they did a restructure. Um, I love TV. So I was watching a reality TV human hair show called Chicago Licious. And (laughs) I was inspired by this woman and where she said she took her dog. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Um, And at the time, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. I had been uh, back in school pursuing my master's degree. And I started looking up the industry and I decided within 90 days I was going to empty my savings. I walked through Harlem. I found a location. Oh, my God. In the bark shop. Oh, my gosh. Congratulations. That is amazing. (laughs) That is amazing. But that's and wait, correct me if I'm wrong. You don't even have a dog. I do not have a dog. (laughs) Um, But I saw the opportunity and I, I, I was afraid of big dogs. Um, just a little bit of my background. So I grew up in the South Bronx and the Mitchell Houses, which is a project. It's the poorest congressional district in the nation. Wow. And wow. Uh, being able to work into the city in Manhattan, it really opened up my mind to what was possible. And I always traveled a lot internationally with my grandmother. So I always had stumbled because I knew that the American dream was possible. Yes. Um, my circumstances didn't define who I was. And everyone thought I was crazy. They were like, what are you talking about? And I was like, listen, we're opening. At the time, it was called Poor Prince of Harlem. Um, I'm opening a pet care business. At first, it was dog grooming. They're like, you are crazy. My family <laughs> was over her. Right. And I'm like, no, 
Um, so I think, you know, they didn't want me to not open my business because they didn't believe in me. I think they were the feel of the fear of failing and trying yeah, to protect right. me. Yes. Uh, but how how did you deal with that? Because I, I know for me personally, if there's a lot of naysayers, I like it's hard for me to just stay focused. And I hear those louder than like my intention. Yeah. So how did you just like stick to what you wanted to do and didn't let the naysaying stop you? I would definitely say my Scorpio kicked in, right? Yes. <laughs> girl, fellow, listen, fellow Scorpio girl. <laughs> when you tell me something is not possible, I'm going to show you how. So I think that I was like, okay, it was like a 50-50 split. So I I got all the people that believed in me to, I was like, we have to put flyers together. You know, I made my my menu in the living room of my project apartment. Um, I was getting up at 4 a.m. to put out flyers. I was a woman by Starbucks standing next to your dog while you were getting coffee (laughs) inside to let you know about my business. You know, I had exhausted all of my savings, $100,000. Right. Um, And so, Melissa, let me ask you about that. You talk about taking this risk. What do you say to people? You said, listen, I thought I wanted to be a principal, right? How do you, what advice could you give somebody where you're on one track, right? You got this severance. You could go into that, probably get a job easily at Best Buy or in a customer service. How do you take the leap of faith? How do you do it? I think definitely learning all that you can about what you're stepping into. So while I emptied my savings, signed a lease and started construction, I also enrolled in grooming school. So I knew that I wasn't going to be a groomer per se, because that wasn't something that I loved. I love developing people. I love giving people a platform um, to bring out their best, their best habits and talents and building communities. So I needed to learn everything that I could learn about the industry um, and then say, okay, I want to build something great. So learning everything that you can about whatever you're going into, the facts, the market, the industry at the time, you know, it was right after the recession. So this was 2012 and, you know, just praying and and going forward. And it's not easy as an entrepreneur. It's definitely been an emotional roller coaster. Yeah. I want to ask you about that. Being an entrepreneur and being a woman of color, a black woman, how challenging has it been to start your own business? It's very, it's been very challenging. Um, so I was self-funded up until a year ago. I'm actually uh, starting another roadmap, right, and raising capital and VC capital. So that's a completely different world. Wow. In the pet care industry, um, there's less than 4% of Black ownership. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important for me in this role to kick down the doors and open the door to create opportunities for more people wow. of color more single mothers, you know, um, so we're launching a grooming school. So I think it's important, one, to, once you understand your vision, I always say start with the end in mind so that you have a clear understanding of what you're working towards. I think that's so important because as an entrepreneur, it's not about the money, right? Like, Mm -hmm. It, you get beat up. It is. It's hard. You know, but we understand. We understand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. You know, we, we live in this world where Instagram, you know, everything looks like it happened overnight. And it's like, mm-hmm. no, I've been doing this for nine years. I've been grinding super hard, you know, and I think that it's important for me to have a space in the room uh, because I need people to see that it's possible. I always say people can't aspire to be what they don't see. So this young, mm. I started at 26. I'm going to be 35 years old this wow. uh, next month. It's amazing. And, um, you know, I always say people can't aspire to be what they don't see. So the sacrifices that I have made and the doors that I have opened and the things that I've done is so that I can bring more people behind me. 
you know, people yeah. that look like me, people that don't look like me. I think particularly in pet care, you know, it's a $300 billion industry. Wow. With, um, yeah, it's a $300 billion industry with $70 billion of that being spent on pet services. And I want to expose more people to that industry to know, like, you you can be a great dog walker. You can be a great groomer. It's more than just being a vet. What do you want people right, to right. know about the Bark Shop, a black business handling your business, by the way, and standing alongside and standing tall with these other companies? For all of our listeners uh, that, that want to know more, what do you want them to know? Is there a difference between being a black entrepreneur of a pet store I won't necessarily say that there's a difference um, because I'm 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 black. I would say uh, there's a difference in the quality of service that we want to provide. There's a difference in you know building community. I'm very community focused and centered. That's the centerpiece of you know my organization. So I want people to know that you know we're building the Chick Fil A and Starbucks of the pet. <laughs> yes, come on, that's man. amazing. Come on. <laughs> yeah, that I want you. To- yeah, I want you to know that, you know, when you support a small business, particularly the Bark Shop, you're not just a number, you're family, right? And we're here Aww. to grow with you um, throughout your pet's livelihood. I've, it's been a blessing to see pets grow from when we started up until now. I yes. think um, I want you to know that we partner with community organizations. We work with at-risk youth. I graduated from Alternative High School, so I help young adults receive high school credits um, and graduating. Amazing. And I want you to know that I'm excited about uh, introducing the New York Institute of Pet Grooming because we're going to train, standardize, and professionalize the pet care industry. It's growing. That is so cool. Oh, I was just going to say, just in the trajectory of the business, like, obviously it was, you know, I'm sure it struggled in the beginning. And was there, like, you know, a specific turning point or was it just gradual? Like, how would you kind of reflect on your success? I would like definitely when say, it kind of turned. I would definitely say it was gradual, right? One foot in front of the other. Um, I don't believe in being a jack of all trades and a master of none. So we, I built this intentionally. We started with grooming. We started five days a week. Then we went to seven days a week. Um, initially, I did not go to business school, but I was afforded the opportunity to go to a program that I highly recommend for anyone that uh, can't afford, you know, Harvard, Yale, Princeton, Columbia. There's the Columbia Community Business Program. Yeah, it's cool. Your commitment. Uh, and that helped me really expand my mind and rebrand and create products. So I would say I've, I've been very intentional on the journey, one foot in front of the other. Um, and I'm super excited about now because. We're in year nine and year 10 is going to be a game changer for us. So it's just one foot in front of the other. I always say sometimes an entrepreneur should be take 20 steps forward to go 10 steps backwards. But, you know, just keep failing forward. You're not going to. Absolutely. And I'm, you should be a mentor. You're so like inspiring. I, sounds, I feel like yeah, it sounds like you are yeah. in your community. And I love the fact that you're connecting with young people. And that's exactly mm-hmm. what I want to talk to you about. I'm also a product of the inner city, right? Yes. From Dorchester, Massachusetts, from the inner city. And by statistics and by standards, I should not be where I am today. You know what I mean? So I just want to tell you hats off to you as a black woman for not only putting one foot in, for, in front of the other, like you said, but reaching back to help somebody and to let them know. And I love what you said about the Bark Shop. Listen, when you come to the Bark Shop, you're not just a customer, you're part of our family. And we say mm-hmm. that to you about hard candy and fruit snacks. Listen, we want to continue a relationship. We're hardworking women as well. We identify, and I'll tell you, there's so uh, many nights where I feel tired about this brave space that Carrie and I have created, where we are trying to come to terms with our racism in America. 
And we are friends now for decades. And it was Carrie that reached out to me and said, Gloria, I want to talk about what's going on in this country. And many people know who have listened to the podcast. I wasn't with it. I wasn't with it because <laughs> I'm tired. I'm tired of what's going on in our country. But I want to know, you know, I want to thank you for what you're doing in your business, for what you're doing in terms of reaching back in the community. And I'm proud to tell you that I do the same thing. And now I have an ally, an ally who I've mm. known for decades who says, listen, I want this to be a priority for me too. And Carrie, talk to us about what does it feel like to be this ally amongst, you know, this sisterhood? Because it's you, like who said to me, Gloria, let's focus on black businesses, black businesses breaking barriers. And I said, girl, I'm tired. She was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm with you. I want to do this. What does it feel like to still be on this journey with me? Well, I feel like you give me too much credit, but I just think, you know, obviously there was such a big spotlight a year and a half ago with like Black Lives Matter. And then like with anything, it just fizzles. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's like, why are we only supporting black businesses that week or whatever? You know, and I just I think I've just started on Instagram following a lot of black biz black owned businesses and like learn or, or and people of color and just sort of learning about things that I didn't know about. And I just think it's fascinating. And we just love your story and what you're doing. And it should be highlighted. I wish I lived in New York because I'd bring my <laughs> dog. I, I'm one of those people who got the pandemic puppy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and she's definitely uh, the pandemic has heightened the, the pet care industry. I think what I would yeah. say about, you know, as I because you know, through all this, I would say the pandemic, and we're still in a pandemic, right, has been right. the hardest time. It's actually been harder for me than when I first opened my business and didn't know anything. Um, and then I was overwhelmed with the Black Lives Matter movement and just people reaching out to me. We want to know what we can do. And, you know, what I want listeners to know, you know, if you're black, white, brown, whatever that is, black people are dynamic. I think as I am going out to raise capital and get access and things like that, I have read an article um, this was about two years ago. It said only 18 black women have raised over one million dollars in venture capital funding. Now, I think the number is like 25 or something like that. I think that we do the work. Right. Um, but if we had access to the right advisors and mentors and people that could just get us in the room and help guide us and and and, and I can't tell you how many hours I've spent on the University of Google. Right. Trying to source <laughs> something. Or, mm -hmm. you know, going on YouTube. But what I found is that when I really buckled down and asked for what I needed, you know, I need a mentor. I need an advisor in this. You know, I need someone in finance and, and so on and so forth. That's when I really started to see things take off in my business. Because one, I wasn't asking for someone to carry me. I was asking for someone to extend their hand and I would show up every single time because that's how much mm -hmm. it meant to me. So I think, yeah. you know... Although the hype of the Black Lives Matter movement is over, I'm still going to be black at the end of the right. day. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. I understand and, that. And, yeah. <laughs> right. And I'm yes. still going to when the world shows me that, particularly as a black woman, you know, I may be less valued. Right. Or statistics say this is not possible for you. I'm still going to go out to get it no matter how much it takes. You know, sometimes it is exhausting, right? You're trying to sell your vision and get people to see, you know, I've built this. And they say, well, we need more or we need this type of traction. Um, so I think what I had to really get comfortable with and I want what I want people to know listening, entrepreneurs, you know, anyone that's second guessing or questioning, just remember that you're going to do it anyway. No matter what happens, mm -hmm. right? I say that every time I go in to pitch, 
whether I make it to due diligence or the second round or whatever, I'm going to do it anyway. It may take me longer, right? But I'm that invested. And I'm, I'm even more invested because I want to continue to bring people forward with me. And I'm in, a, I'm in a great position to where, like, I built this great company. And, you know, if it closes tomorrow, I did something that most people wouldn't do. Absolutely. Yeah. That's and amazing. I That's anywhere. Amazing. Yeah. You know, I yeah. built a great company and a great brand. So I think that's that's something that's really important because oftentimes we get so caught up in, you know, what everyone sees. And I can tell you that in my career, there have been times where because I think as a black person, because I don't always get these opportunities, I'm constantly chasing the next thing. The mm -hmm. pandemic showed me be present in the moment. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm giving the same energies to my wins that I will give my losses. And I think that is so important oh, because yes. I never used to celebrate. I was just like, okay, this was great. I got to get on to the next thing because I don't really know. Right. But I think being present in those moments, being vulnerable and being transparent is so important. Yeah. And your positivity, your positivity is like totally contagious. I'm like, I'm Absolutely. calling you exactly. when I like I <laughs> negate my own idea. But like along along this journey and like now that you're going out for VC money and stuff, have you found that race or racism has been an issue? Have, have people turned you down or have you felt obstacles because of that? Um, I have not. Uh, so, you know, I don't want to get caught up in what I read, right? So I actually have yeah. not experienced that. One of my seed investors is Mars, the candy company. Yes. Uh, yes. So they actually are, they have a huge portfolio in pet care. And I've been blessed to have some conversations with some really inf influential people in capital. I think for me, it's important that the foundation is great and that I align myself with investors that see the vision, right? I don't want to just be a black company in your portfolio. Right. I want to be a company that you believe in and that you see the vision to build nationally. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's what amazing. I was saying about, you know, your black business. I want people to know if you go to a pet store, go online, go to the bark shop. Like, you know, you don't have to say, oh, I'm doing it because I'm a black business. This is an amazing company. And on top of that, She's got the fact that she got that melanin. She got that beauty. She got that <laughs> intelligence. But we want to invite you to patron and to shop and to buy. And that's what I'm saying about black businesses. I believe that you haven't had that experience because you ain't trying to hear it. Even if it's there, you believe and you know and you realize that you are greater than whatever is put before you. And I got to tell you, that is an incredible thing to see. Um, and to to be in, in the room with somebody that, you know, you give that, like Carrie said, the confidence, you know, uh, it's contagious, your, your energy. I want to ask you this, yeah. too. We have hundreds and even thousands, really, of listeners who are allies now because of our relationship. We have black and white, Hispanic. Uh, we have a, a lot of different people. I want to ask you, given the fact that you're a product of the inner city, if there's educators, a lot of people are educators who listen to. So I want, I want you to speak to them for a second. If you have somebody that looks like Melissa, if you have somebody that looks like Gloria, and statistics say, you know what, we probably are not going to be anything. What tips would you give them on how they should approach us when we're children, when we're lost, when we feel like, you know what, we're probably not going to make it? What would you say to them? I would definitely say, first off, start, you know, by letting people know that you see them, right? Not, oh, I see a Black woman, but I see you as a human being. Because as human beings, we all go through similar things, right, at some point in our life. So that human experience is so important. I think, you know, asking, how does this make you feel? Um, what are your dreams? 
right? I'm a dreamer. I'm a visionary. Everything that I've written down, I have hundreds of notebooks of all the things that I wanted to create. And I'm slowly just crossing it off. What are your dreams? I think oftentimes parents can be dream killers. Teachers can be dream killers. Um, I was fortunate enough that I had people, so I was surrounded by educators. My grandma was a principal. I was surrounded by educators that said it's possible, you know, dream big. There is no ceiling. So start asking, what do you want to do? I think encouraging kids to try different things to figure out what they like, um, because the world has changed, right? Like yes. in the last 24 months, things are not the same. So, mm-hmm. you know, first starting and letting them know, I see you. Um, I think a lot of times educators come from this reprimand, you know, and this standpoint of like, I'm the authority, right? But it's like, Mm -hmm. look beyond being authority. You could be a cool educator, right? I can't Mm -hmm. say people, I went back to to say, thank you. I know I caused hell. Yes. um, Thank you (laughs) for believing in me and not giving up on me. You know, I was a wild inner city youth. I think when people see me now, they're like, this is like day and night. You know, I knew mm-hmm. my boundaries and I knew my limits, but I come from a line of strong women. I come from a line of praying women. I had great, you know, educators and just great people in the community in my corner. Even now, you know, I was in Times Square. We had a partnership with Ciroc and Diddy. And, uh, you know, the quote that was on that billboard in Times says, I was here because of the people that believed in me in my community. Yes, come on, talk yeah. about it. No, you know, I so feel it's, that. It's everything. Wait, repeat. It's so repeat true. Quote it's... again. Sorry, Carrie. Repeat. repeat <laughs> no, go. I am here because of the people that believed in me in my community. My community in the, is enrolled in my vision. Yes. And, and yeah, that's it's so true. So important. And, and, yep. And it's like we all had people in growing up who were dream killers, and we all had people who supported us. And it is. It's like. I mean, there's so many people I wish they were just more supportive of me or more encouraging or what, you know, but I I mean, it's just amazing that you never heard any of those no's and everything that you've achieved. And I feel like you're going on to do even more. Like, do you have or I don't know if you want to reveal what your next steps are, but it just seems like you've got more in the hopper. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Um, So we're opening the school. I'm super excited about that to train and educate the next generation of pet groomers. I'm excited to just meet more people and bring them into the industry. I'm excited to innovate with technology. Uh, I'm becoming a tech founder. So we have some great things in the works there. Um, I'm not done yet, you know, and after I sell this company, I'm coming back and I'm going to do something again with Impact Care. And, uh, you know, I really thought about my life and all the things that I want to accomplish. And I do feel that all things are possible. It's just in timing. So exactly. And when it comes to barriers, what would you say? Barriers, what are they? There, I would say the only barrier is yourself, right? Yes. You oh. have to step up and commit. Um, I think a, a big part of my success is me really being clear on my vision, clear on the type mm-hmm. of people I want to work with, clear in my personal life, the type of people I want to be surrounded by. I have a therapist, right? Yes. I'm in therapy every two weeks. That's oh, I love a lot that. That's don't talk about. Um and not because anything is wrong, right? So I want to change that misconception, but because I want to right. be my best self, right? And I want right. to have a higher sense of being. So um, the only barrier, once you fully commit, you have to go all the way. So it's really up to you. And I don't take no for an answer. I take no as maybe not right now, yes. right? I'm going <laughs> to show you, you know, it's possible. So I think that's important as well. 
Oh my gosh, this is amazing. You have lifted my spirits for sure. Totally, (laughs) totally. And it just, I love, like, you're so inspiring and you're not seeing obstacles, whether it be race or even just being female in a world, like the VC world, you always just hear about how it's so male dominated and that doesn't seem to stop you either. But I I do want to ask that though, what does it take to be a female boss in a man's world? What does it take? Um, so I believe that one, I hear, you know, all these statistics and things about men and I think men are great. Right. But I think women are truly the backbone. We make the real decisions. <laughs> yeah. There's a woman or even right beside them or in front of them. Yes. So I think, again, it, it goes back to confidence. I think um, understanding your business, understanding your numbers, understanding your vision. Right. And um, having that clear voice. And if someone says something that doesn't really align with your vision, man or woman, right? Because I've experienced both. Yes, um, right. You just say, you know what? I actually don't think that you're a good fit for what we're trying to build. Come right? on now. Yes. I don't think that you're a good fit for where we're going. I hear, you know, your recommendation, but that doesn't align with my vision because I think now that I'm a CEO, at the end of the day, I make the final decision, right? And yeah, that's yeah. incredible. Trusting that I can make sound decisions. So that's important. And I want, you know, women are badass. Yes. <laughs> Talk about it. Last thing I want to ask you is the Melissa who started out and the Melissa today as CEO, how have you changed? Ooh, it's been it's been a lot of changes. So, you know, coming from a corporate, a large corporation and a retail big box organization to be in a small business, Um, particularly in service, it takes a lot out of you. It can take a toll on you. Um, One of the company models that we have is, you know, go the extra mile because there's never any traffic. So we Mm. had to create boundaries though, right? Because a lot of times people want what they want. And for me, it's important about having integrity um, and ensuring that everybody has the same experience. I would say I had to get a lot more clear about what I was building, right? So when I started, I said, I'm building the Chick-fil-A Starbucks of the pet grooming industry. <laughs> Love it. Um, I had so to great. get clear around the type of people that I wanted to work with because what I found was that if people don't see something within themselves, sometimes I've been carrying the people for carrying a lot of people for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's exhausting Particularly when, I, you know, I'm young. I remember, you know, my friends were at brunch and I was at the front desk. You know, I was <laughs> people were sleeping at 4 a.m. I was out putting flyers on people's Yes, right, so, right. you know, I made a lot of sacrifice. And I think now people are starting to see all of the hard work paying off. Um, I would say in the last year, I transitioned to becoming a CEO and I knew that that was going to take me to another level. So it required a different version of myself. Not that there was anything wrong, um, but because I take my job so seriously, I'm responsible for people's livelihood. I had to say, okay, what do I need to be equipped with? So I got an executive leadership coach um, because I knew that I was doing something differently. I have mentors, I have advisors. I think You know, the most important people in any business is the people that work for your company. So continuing to lead by example, I always say leadership starts from the top. We're now going after and trying to attract even more great talent because I'm hiring senior level people. So I had to get out of the day to day. um, And I always use the example of, you know, 
we built this nice teenager, and now we have to get this kid into a great Ivy League school. Oh, right? I love it. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. We're going from good to great. So it required a lot of emotional intelligence, a lot of groundwork, a lot of foundation around who I am, um, what are my goals and objectives, what do I want to be remembered as. I would say, you know, oftentimes you hear your legacy uh, and who you were once you passed away. But I always say my yeah. legacy is what I leave in people while I'm here. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's something that I'm really intentional about. And, you know, any experience that we have, I want to be able to shift the conversation or, you know, shift the room or bring light into that room. So I'm really intentional about that now. Um, yeah. And, and I'm intentional about the people that I'm surrounded by and the things that I sign up to and like, all of those things matter, even down to who I'm following and what I'm following on Instagram, because we're constantly consuming things. So I think that's yeah. important too. Do you ever think like, you know, you're still young, you could have multiple careers ahead of you. Do you think about your dream of being a principal? Because I think that you would make an amazing <laughs> principal. <laughs> or are you now just kind of like you're uh, the, you're using your principal skills as a CEO? So I always say God is the funniest comedian because we're opening a grooming school. So right. although I'm not a <laughs> yeah. principal, I'm, I will be the CEO of the school. So I think yeah. that, you know, I'm able to impact people, not only in pet care, but outside of pet care. I just want people to know and see me and know that it's possible. You know, I think yes. the biggest yeah. two highlights in my career within the past four weeks, one, having a billboard in Times Square, a black woman that's not a celebrity, you know, I. I was, I'm a normal, you know, person from New York City, yes. the South Bronx, to have the billboard in Times Square. And then I think, like, in two weeks, I was named Forbes Next 1000 CEO. Oh, so that my gosh. Crazy. That's amazing. Congratulations. Um, thank you. And that was just like, you know, and that was actually in a very hard turning point in my business because we were, like, really buckling down on some things and, like, making huge decisions. And I woke up. And I was like, I'm a whole CEO. And then I opened this email and it's Forbes. Oh, um, my so God. Amazing. Amazing. That is amazing. <laughs> and we know you have to go. And w- But we just want to ask all of our guests um, when we're boosting these black businesses, three questions that we're just going to ask everyone just quick answers. Um, Gloria, do you want to ask the first yeah, one? Yeah. So the first thing is, what's the best advice you have? So the best advice I have is um, I had a great mentor that said, you know, don't get caught up in the title. Get caught up in the body of work. So, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't matter. I think a true leader can lead from any position. And when you build something so great, true leadership is when you build something so great, you're unable to identify who is the true leader because everybody is that great. So Amazing. don't get caught up in the title. Get caught up in the body of work. I think that would be the first thing. Um, have fun. Right. It's, it's, it's going to be hard days. It's going to be bad days. I'm naturally an optimist. So I always say the sun always shines no matter where you are. Yes. So it will it will come back out again. Joy comes in the morning. Talk about yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> OK. And the second one, is there one thing you do consistently that keeps your business successful? I would say I'm intimate with my numbers. Right. Which was something that I hated before. I hated Excel. I used to get headaches. Um, I'm intimate with my numbers and I'm honest, right? I know what Mm -hmm. I know and I know what I don't know. And I'm vulnerable enough to ask for help when I need it or seek the right person to help me. And I would say smiling, 
like yeah i was gonna say positivity your positivity it's just like like i want to get on that train you know yeah it's amazing yeah what else i'm getting from you i'm getting from you that spirituality right yeah i talk about that that prayer and and i feel that when i'm around you even from the first day it's like you know what and i i believe in that and i say that to everybody who's listening you definitely have inspired both carrie and i but look I know that you said that earlier and it's like, you know what, when things are failing, figure out whatever it is that you believe in. Right. And find that strength, whatever that is, and find a way to woosah. Right. (laughs) Always. So our final thing is looking back at your journey. um, Do you have any regrets? Would you do it all over again? I don't have any regrets. Um, I would definitely do it all over again. I, 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 what, I have learned some things along this journey that have that I, I would say I learned some things to help save some other people. So through my mm. transparency, I'm able to save people from making the thousands and hundreds of thousand dollars of mistakes, you know, over time because I just didn't have the access to the right person or I was trying to do the heavy lifting and carrying the wrong people. I didn't have the right people on my bus. Um, but I don't I don't. I don't regret anything. I think this was my divine journey. I think that it was, it was, this was the journey that I was supposed to be on so that, uh, you know, I would appreciate it more. That's number one. Yeah. Uh, because I work for it. I always say when Drake says started from the bottom, now we here, I started from the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that. I think I had to learn to have confidence, although I did not have the pedigree. Right. So I am not a Stanford, Harvard, Yale, any of those things. But my experience has allowed me to build such a great company. My resilience, my grit. You know, I'm from New York City. I'm from the South Bronx. Yes. We make it, right. Absolutely. Like my community yeah. is behind me. Whatever it takes, we get it done. Whatever I have to sacrifice. So I don't yeah. I don't regret anything. I'm, I'm having fun along the way, I would say now. Yeah. Um, and I'm excited for everything that's coming. And you know what I love, and I'm going to hold on to, that you would be so kind to take those hardships and pass it on to make it a little easier for someone else. Imagine what that feels like. I'm just listening to you to know that you're paying it forward. As you continue to grow, you're saying, let me not forget about those who are struggling um, so that I can inspire them and say, hey, you don't want to go that way. Turn this corner, go that way. You know, yeah. so mm-hmm. we thank you for your time. I am so yeah. excited to continue to watch you. Like you're an incredible woman and I am uh, honored to have you on our podcast. And I want people to know, listen, you have a pet. Y'all go to Bark Shop, okay? Bark Shop. Yeah, thank you. Yes, we have products. I love, we love cats as well. We do groom cats. Okay. Um, and I, I thank you for being here on Hurricane Dan Fruit Stacks and thank you. <laughs> utilizing this platform i think to give more people of color a voice to yeah. create a space where we can be transparent and vulnerable um and, and to be positive you know i yes. think oftentimes there's always this negative notion behind you know black businesses or you know being black or like all these things yes it's a little harder right it's i wouldn't even say a little it's absolutely hard yes right but it's possible and i want people to yeah. see that it's possible and I will. That is my journey and my goal to continue to let people see as possible, because I grew up in the South Bronx and the projects on 138th Street between Alexander and Lincoln Avenue. But I'm here now and I was in the middle of Times Square. 
Yeah, started from the bottom and now you're here. Yeah. Right. And I yeah. want people to know, seriously, and I said it about Carrie being an ally. Look, she's doing it and we're close. I'm rubbing off on her. She's okay. It didn't change her color. <laughs> she didn't get sick. Go shop at a black business. You're going to be okay. Help move America forward. All of us yeah. and you're going to feel good yeah. about doing something good and giving back and not just saying I'm only doing it because they're black. Black businesses are booming. Ain't nobody got yeah. time for that. If you ain't with it, move and get out the way. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Melissa, you are Thank amazing. You. This was so awesome. Thank you so much. We wish you like all the success and we'll post links to everything. You've been listening to Hard Candy and Fruit Snacks with my mom, Gloria. And my mom, Carrie. This episode was produced by Carrie Clifford, Gloria Harrison, Katie Levine, and an ACL joint production. Tune in next time to hear more from our moms. Thanks Thanks for for listening. listening.